Hello everyone, welcome to Covenant's Continuing Education Programs with Tammy Jones and yours truly, Dave Clay. Tammy, word is, word is that you are emeritus, is that the word, professor emeritus? You are the expert when it comes to all current literature and knowledge. Christian counseling, covenant special, when it comes to specialized pastoral care, Christian counseling, you are hereby declared emeritus, professor emeritus. How's that? Wow. Wow. Hmm. Well, probably a, a, a little higher above what I am worthy, but uh, you know, I'll I'll accept it at the moment. <laughs> well, you are indeed humble, so I, I knew I could <laughs> say it that way. But as much as that's only my opinion, it's like my, <laughs> it's like my mom would always tell me something good about me, right, and say, "But you are my son." <laughs> It's like, it's like that takes all the, the real good stuff out of it, right? It's like, well, I'm saying all this great stuff, but you are my son. So I'm saying all this great stuff, but you really are the, the director of this uh, continuing education program. So what else could I say? Well, well thank you. Um, Fortunately, in this case, it's all true. It's, it's with integrity. So having then gone on... <laughs> far too long. Uh, what is it you got for us today, Tammy? Well, well, Dave, you know, we, um, as we've, we've talked a couple of uh, sessions back, I'm going to briefly review what we've um, introduced our listeners to, and then uh, go into um, a book that I am focusing on right now uh, called Competent to Counsel. Um, by Jay Adams, which is an introduction to nonthetic counseling. But as we started out our podcast, we started um, talking about um, principles of essentially working with people to help them in practical ways um, to um, overcome struggles in their daily lives. I mean, that's what it all comes down to. So. Um, as we began talking about resources and things, our very first conversation, we focused on the passage in um, Ephesians 4 and had some dialogue around that. And um, and I'm not going to go back to that, but I keep finding myself going back. So that might be a good place to refer our listeners back to um, to that passage we, we started from in the, the book of Ephesians um, where we basically look toward um, our, the callings that we have um, in Christ and how we're uh, some are called to be apostles and prophets and evangelists and pastors and teachers and for the purpose of equipping others and as we have, are launching these series of podcasts and the continuing education um, program with covenants. That's essentially what we're reaching out to folks to do is to equip them with some practical, solid, um, word-based biblical structure um, to go from. So, with that being said, um, Jay Adams, uh, just a brief review of he, who he was, was 
deceased now, but um, back in the early days of his ministry, he quickly found himself um, sort of stumped in dealing with some issues that he wasn't prepared for in his um, Bible school and his seminary um, the program he went through. He knew the word and he knew principles and techniques and things, but he very quickly found that when people came to him um, needing ministry for very specific needs, sometimes he didn't know what to say, didn't know what to do or how to um, best minister to these people. And we find ourselves... You know, I, my background is as a nurse and a nurse practitioner, and you know, I remember as I was going through school, when we got to um, situations where we were dealing with mental health issues, mental illnesses, um, well, just use that term for the moment, um, but uh, mental health issues, basically, um, we were... We learned how to manage crisis situations, and as a nurse practitioner, we learned how to prescribe medications, but then we were told, okay, this is as far as you go, but then you refer the individual to someone who's better prepared than you are. So don't get too deep into um, what you're trying to do, but Send it, send it on to someone better prepared. So, in essence, find a psychiatrist, find a um, a licensed counselor, find someone, and that is not to, I don't mean that in any way, to downplay any of those roles. They're critical and they're, they're crucial in many um, areas, but we didn't learn practical applications. So, that was where... Adams found himself um, in ministry. So he decided to um, better prepare himself. He was going to look into this further, and he actually placed himself in a position that he did sort of, um, and I guess today we would use like an internship, and he actually went and spent some time working with some um, psychiatrists alongside some mental health professionals actually spent some, a summer in a uh, psychiatric facility and um, observing and trying to the best he could to pick up and learn everything um, that was out there. As he did that, um, as we launched into chapter one of his book, he acknowledged one of the first things that we learn in um, psychiatry and ministry to uh, those with mental health issues, um, principles that were introduced by Sigmund Freud, who was considered the, I guess, the father of psychoanalysis and psychotherapy. Um, He had brought some very secular theories, and at that time... You know, they were. He introduced them to a to a, a medical model um, and tried to tag team that, so to speak, with um, okay, this is what's happening behind the scenes, and 
then give that information to those prescribing medications and saying this is what you could do to help them out of that out of that but then there was still a huge gap so as one of the things that I found really interesting with Adams um, in this first chapter of his book was he talked about um, someone by the name of G.L. Harrington and Adams worked alongside him um, and learned how he took the application of some of Freud's theory, but he applied it, applied it in a VA hospital in Los Angeles. And I don't know, I, I know you, you have um, read and studied Adams' uh, works from your, your uh, work, but I don't know if you remember this um, piece of it, but the thing I found interesting here was Harrington got assigned to this VA hospital in Los Angeles, and the built, particular building he was assigned to, basically for those who were at the end of the line, these people that there were at, there was absolutely no hope for these men. Um, they they weren't even people that could take care of themselves. They essentially had to be reminded to eat and bathe and take care of the basic simple needs. Prior to him going there, um, people or, or no one ever got out of that building. If you got assigned to what was referred to as Building 206, that was being on death row, essentially. You were never going to walk out of there. But as Harrington went in there and starts ministering in a whole different way, to people and starts um, just listening and starts trying to engage them. Um, in the first year he was there, there were over 75 men that actually got released from the hospital. And then in the next year, um, it was it was like double that number. So all of a sudden introduces a whole new concept to um, counseling and how we minister to people. So Adams you know, goes on and, and he starts um, to say this deeper and, and that was the basis of that. And then he started to ask the question about where does a, what's the faith basis of ministry? to people that are hurting, people who are facing mental health um, crises, mental health needs. So then in Methodic Counseling, um, and just as we started to look at, at that, that comes from the root word of Metheto, which is Greek and means to admonish. And the scripture tells us that that's one of the roles of that a counselor is to admonish and encourage and uplift others. So as Adams moved into chapter two of his work, he starts looking at what the role of the Holy Spirit is in ministering to individuals. And right off the bat, he starts, he introduces a concept that essentially the role of the 
Holy Spirit himself is to be the counselors. So, as you, as we look at um, Galatians 5.22, if I remember correctly, um, the fruits of the Spirit, of the ministry of the Spirit in the life of the believer are love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, I'm not missing any. (laughs) I don't think I have. But he talks about how as the, the Holy Spirit ministers and works in the life of the individual, those fruits are forthcoming. But the Holy Spirit uses individuals, individuals like you and I and our listeners, as his means to minister to other people as we submit ourselves to him. So as the the counselor, the friend, the person standing beside someone that's experiencing mental health issues, if we open ourselves and acknowledge our need for dependence on the Holy Spirit, he will then, in turn, work through us to minister to others. Um, I'm going to take a breather there and throw that back to you. What, um, for our listeners, what does that, um, well, if, what does that say to you? Yes, and if I could consolidate, more consolidation than really anything that you haven't already said, but just to hit the high points summary. Uh, Freud took us away from God and moved us in the direction of then human operations, which I don't know is entirely bad, except taking someone away from God and disconnecting them from what otherwise is the only true answer, not only to uh, behavioral health concerns, we'll call it that. But, but certainly then placing all the responsibility on either the psychologist, the psychological counselor, oneself even, is, is the failing. Because we know in a biblical context, that is the fall. When you're separated from God, you don't have the Holy Spirit, as with, again, Jay Adams, uh, acknowledging, highlighting, emphasis, because he is the living word and the fruit of the spirit is more than just simply a matter of kindness or as maybe some humanists would call it. Because that's really all that is, is you, if you cut off God, then all you got is humans left and then it's all humanism. But, but if it's just even a matter of rapport building or relationship building, and some might say, well, yeah, the fruit of the Spirit, Galatians 5.22, it's all about genuine positive regard, you know, and, and the idea that somehow that's all you've got to do is sort of love the person. But if you only do that without the Holy Spirit or without an appreciation, yes, that is part of the fruit of the Spirit. It is love. But love includes much more than just simply permission. Love includes <laughs> a bit of challenge. You have, to, you have to get the human mind into the proper place, again, logistically, to receive then not only the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, so that it can be or have that application that you mentioned earlier. 
But, but Freud took it away from God and said, we don't need God. We can do all this ourselves. And, and we have to always remember, I think, that God did create humans the way he created humans, us. And so you can't discount the psychology or, or at least an attempt to try to acknowledge. But what you can say is evil is when you would do as the devil did, Adam and Eve, and steal. Try to steal. Steal. S-T-E-A-L. Right. Creation. His creation. And in that leave it to creation to come up with all the answers when it's impossible without the Holy Spirit, without that discernment, without, without that direction. And that's all you're going to get if you follow a humanist or if you follow psychology as a humanistic sort of pursuit. That's all you're going to get if it's absent Christianity or absent more specifically the Holy Spirit. Yes, yes, you, you are right. Uh, you know, the, the, the word that keeps coming to my mind uh, here, and I've made notes of this, is this is essentially the process of sanctification. Uh, of our lives, it's, uh, uh, and as Adams defines it, or not Adams, but this is a this is actually from a text that my husband and I are teaching from at our church right now. Um, but the author of that um, it's called the life of the cycle of victorious living. But he defines sanctification as the state that we are in when all our life is set aside and committed to God for His purposes. Um, so in Allowing the Holy Spirit to work um, in, in people, we enter to this process um, at, at the point that we become believers. That's a, a point that we um, are by salvation enter um, into um, this life that we start to allow the Holy Spirit to lead us, and then. A process, the Holy Spirit allows us to be, or uh, leads us to continue to set aside and commit ourselves to God for His purposes. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that uh, get confused and, and get mixed up with who the Holy Spirit is, and you know, the and there's all kinds of concepts as you talk to people. They're like, "Okay, is this some sort of?" supernatural being, yes he is indeed, but he is actually a person that um, is, was given to us as believers to walk with and indwell us and, and guide our steps as long as we direct, you know, allow him to do that. Um, but the, the key then for us who are ministering to others is what resource do we have? What do we? What can we use to point people back to the directions? What's our um, textbook, so to speak? Well, it's the Word of God. It's the Bible. It's the Holy Scriptures. That's where we get our instruction, and then we um, allow the Holy Spirit to speak to us through that um, and lead us in the direction He would have us to go. The Holy Spirit then works through means of grace, through ministering of the Word, through prayer, through fellowship with other believers, um, and to lead each of us through this process 
results in um, purification, uh, and which is perfected at the time that we will stand before uh, the Father. Um, as and again, the counselor, the one who is ministering, those our gifts and abilities through the Holy Spirit have to be surrendered to. You know, acknowledge our own shortcomings and to learn to step aside and allow him to take the role um, and using use the word as the primary source of growth for the individual. Um, as Adams moves forward in his work, he starts to wrestle with this concept of mental illness versus mental health, you know, disease. So he starts asking questions about, okay, so all these diagnoses and things that medicine tends to attach and um, tie to individuals, is that really where it is? Or is it more of a spiritual matter? Um, or, you know, starts to tease out um, behind that, what is mental illness? And when folks start um, experiencing symptoms that we know, um, like, um, you know, anxiety, unease, um, inability to rest, to um you know, be uh, very depressed, discouraged, distraught, those sorts of things. When it becomes extremely uncomfortable, usually the first place that we think about going, and I'm not going to argue the point because I think it's very practical, when it gets uncomfortable enough, we often seek help from a medical provider. And from my background, I think that's a great place to start because there are things that can trigger um, different types of things in our lives. There can be uh, medical disorders, and I think a source uh, or the place to start with folks is looking to see if our, there are um, chemical imbalances or there are things that are going on that can be disrupting um, things that are going on within an individual. But at the same time, when we seek that model, uh, medicine traditionally looks at, okay, a diagnosis to attach that then is rooted in um, treating by medical means, um, writing a prescription or things like that. And, you know, yes, indeed, often that is a premise, but... There's so much more than that, um, other places to go. And one of the interesting things that I read recently was um, in studying some other material is that um, approximately 80% of those who are affected by um, mental health issues, behavioral health concerns, um, approximately 80% of those can be helped through, uh, through counseling, through biblical counseling, through directives of ministering through the Spirit, through the works of the Holy Spirit. And that's pretty astounding. 
and there are you know, there are folks that sometimes you know you need to get started with some medications and things and learn to put some practical things behind you know in place but over time as the the holy spirit start is allowed to minister and work through our lives then um those can start to be replaced and we can learn new techniques and new new ways of um of standing on the word and uh, looking at that. So the in this, um, I'm just looking where we are with time. But in that third chapter, um, Adams also addresses throws out some practical applications of that. For instance, one of the things that people find themselves caught in. Um, is um, well let's see. one of the things that he questions is for instance a diagnosis of schizophrenia now that's a pretty big and pretty uh, complicated medical disorder with lots of uh, lots of things that go along with it but at the same time Adams says you know as opposed to many people who feel that if you were to receive that kind of diagnosis, that there may not be any hope, Adams holds out that, yes, indeed, there is hope to be found and starts to um, lay out some principles and some ways to help folks through that. Um, and then another one of the examples that he throws out is Individuals who um, are dealing with um, circumstances and um, challenges related to what they believe to be uh, that they've been uh, born into a homosexual type of lifestyle. Well, you know, biblically, no, that's not the case because the scripture is clear that that is. Um, that results from the sin nature as a result of the fall, and it's not a an actual medical disorder that we tend to see it treated as these days. So, um, but that is wrapping us up at the end of chapter three, and then this he jumps into nathetic counseling. So I think for we're going to hold that piece for next week. But I'm going to go back to you at that point and um, let you uh, add anything that you would want to tag on to that. Sure. And, and, and <laughs> again, I'm taking all this in, Tammy. Uh, anytime that you are separated from God, you're going to become sick. <laughs> that's yes. mentally and physically and we, you know that's another one of those arbitrary things we try to separate the psychology from the physiology at least when it's convenient for us to and yes. then we try to connect it reconnect it when it's convenient and it's all physical but it's of the physical body and it's the human nature and we know the only thing about humanity that we're certain of is 
mortality. It's all going to end. And generally speaking, without God, obviously, without God, it's not going to end well. But the devil did that in the garden. And, and all Freud did was, instead of furthering what might have been given to him when he kind of come up with all this psychology stuff and then the humanism, as I mentioned earlier, uh, Freud actually took us deeper into the pit instead of elevating or lifting us up, even in human dimension. He went contrary, went back to the premise that, well, yeah, there's no God. And if there was a God, he abandoned you. you you're on your own and you have to come up with those answers. And going to what we said at the also at the beginning of the podcast today, it is all a matter of uh, the Word or the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit inspired the Word. And as you captured, too, the whole sanctification process, God had to then somehow take us out of all of that that the devil left us with when he during the fall, and then Freud has furthered, and psychology and humanistic dimensions has furthered, because it doesn't matter. I mean, if you can think of a bunch of things, I can think of a bunch of things, and how limited would my thoughts be compared to God's? How much could I actually ever really see of the reality? It's just very, very, start thinking of that way. We're very small in regards to what is and even knowing it. But, but really, God says, I need to take you out of all of this, set you aside, remind you of who you are, remind you of how you came to be, remind you then how powerful the word is. I spoke you into existence. And furthermore, then, give you the word as with anointed and uh, Holy Spirit inspired. But then why would not that then be God counseling you? Why would that not be then God's way after consecration of sanctifying you with the word? And why would that not be anything but to restore what has been stolen from you in the way of this humanism? And that's my, my summary of what not only you said, but what Adams is saying uh, at least my understanding, best understanding of it, perspective on it, is that the Word of God is both inspired of, it is alive in you, Holy Spirit, but it has inspired then, he has, the written Word. But Nuthetic Counseling uses the wit written Word to stir up the, the otherwise Holy Spirit that's gotten buried or lost or covered up with all this crazy thinking of Freud. All this wokeness, all this humanism, all this distortion. Uh, I can wake up one morning and say the world is completely different, but it doesn't make it true. I can also wake up one morning saying the world is completely different and then try to go about proving I'm right. But that isn't true. It just may take a while for all the untruths to really come to the surface. But once you get a toehold, as they used to say, and people kind of get into that way of thinking... And you go down this path that we've gone down with psychology and humanism, every sort of successive generation moving further and further away from the Word of God, disavowing even more and more the existence of God, putting ourselves out, literally out there in the wilderness without any help or assistance from God, and then failing to, in our denial, failing to realize how inadequate human operations are in terms of 
not only sensorium, what we can take in in the way of knowledge, but even then what we're bound to as far as all of that is the basis of what we can conceive of. The world is much bigger than my bedroom or much bigger than my community or much bigger than planet Earth uh, or much bigger than the galaxy or the universe. And, And if I'm making the point, how can you negotiate then with the creator of all of that except that you would get out of your own head and start to listen to him as he speaks to you. But that's really what we channel, I think, or as we're going to continue with Nuthetic Counseling, the next podcast, when you get into more of the specifics of it, I just want our podcast listeners to remember that context. Because if you lose sight of that, then you're really going to get into that place of humanism that most everybody else lives in. It'll be a theoretical argument. It'll be a personal perspective. It'll be an idea I have or you have, and we're all entitled to differences of opinion. But if you move away from God anymore, or if you don't include that context of how God inspired it to be, that it's been taken from us, and we're about restoring it, it'll just be an intellectual argument. My opinion won't be really any different than yours, and the only way anybody's opinion will become the standard is if we get enough people to believe in it or we can make it that way. But in the end, when it's all said and done, though it may take a little while to flesh out completely, we're going to find out anything that was humanistic and absent God is going to fail. And Nuthetic Counseling uses that, I think, as the premise. We just need to remember we have to include God. We have to include the pastoral. We have to include the Christian, the Bible counseling. Or we're going to end up, it may sound good, it may seem right, but it won't help us one little bit. We'll get to the promised land, we won't cross the Jordan, we won't enter in, and we'll deny ourselves. All the things that God otherwise wants for us. So, Tammy, if that's okay with you, as much as that would be my take of what you've been saying, I would want to then invite our podcast listeners, uh, and okay with you in the sense that you're going to come back. I want to invite our podcast listeners to come back and join me and you as you take us into a little bit more of the understanding of Nuthetic Counseling. I do want to also remind our podcast listeners that we're offering certainly this on the podcast, all this information, but if they want to check us out, covenantscontinuingeducationprograms.org, covenants-continuing-education-programs.org, they can go online. They can call Covenants at 304-528-9220. And uh, for now, they can go online at on Facebook at Covenants uh, and uh, also get a little bit of more information about us. But the whole hope is not only will we offer such information or education through the podcast, but we'll eventually be able to, they'll be able to go online and uh, I guess it's download Uh, courses and receive continuing education credit for those courses. As a matter of fact, before we stop the podcast today, I'd like to give you an opportunity to uh, tell our listeners about a venture that you're involved in where you're going to be offering education and we're going to be able to support that through Covenants, continuing education programs with CEUs. Yes, yes, yes. 
um, it is an exciting program. Um, I have um, been involved with facilitating a mental health outreach ministry through our church. Um, it's called Hope Harbor. And our vision, uh, our mission is to um, offer hope, health, and healing um, to hurting people. On April 29th, uh, Saturday, April 29th, at Elk River Church of the Nazarene in Charleston, we will be offering um, a training workshop from 9 to 3 that day. Lunch and breaks will be included um, uh, as we bring together a team of um, experienced um, mental health um, coaches, healthcare practitioners, um, some social workers, counselors, um, folks that have um, been dealing with um, um, mental health ministry in the past. Um, we will be teaching people how to uh, learn to communicate with folks, um, some tips and techniques about um, learning to deal with crisis situations, um, trauma. Uh, we'll also be addressing um, common, um, our healthcare pra uh, practitioner is going to be addressing some common diagnoses, ways to, um, that those are best managed, um, just some real practical tips, and also how to um, take care of ourselves as we minister to other people, is that a, a key thing? Um, as we help others, we can find ourselves um, under some challenges to, uh, you know, stay on top of it uh, ourselves. So it's going to be a dynamic day um, and lots of content. Uh, we're really looking forward to it. Um, we're just now uh, starting to promote it, but we have got lots of interest. Um, uh, it looks like, and I, I think we're going to. It's going to be a good good day and. Um, Again, we are most appreciative of uh, the support that um, is being provided uh, through Covenants um, is in uh, the program. So, And sh should our listeners <laughs> not be listening in real time? Uh, and if you are real time, then certainly I'm going to give you, Tammy, a moment, in a moment here a chance to tell them how to get a hold of you directly so they can sign up for it. Uh, but this is a perfect example. If you're not in real time, hopefully by this point, you'll be able to go to our webpage uh, that I gave earlier and uh, be able to find an offering such as this. We're hoping we can make this one available by some means of recording it. Uh, but that's our, our intent is to upload it then on our webpage uh, or our Facebook page, at least uh, establish a link to it uh, so that you can then... Get that. You can take that course. And even if you shouldn't be able to go directly to the conference for this uh, workshop in real time, we're still going to be awarding CEUs as you yes. are, Tammy, real time. Yes. Uh, but that's the beauty of it. Once we get a, uh, a catalog, a library of such podcasts, then we're hoping it's going to become an incredible resource. And we're hoping, too, this will be uh, yours. This is certainly with your church and, and that particular ministry. Uh, but we're hoping that Covenants will begin, begin to offer at least uh, quarterly a uh, similar workshop and with that same intention in mind. So there's just a lot that we could see where we can be useful and helpful 
And uh, I wanted to give our uh, podcast listeners not only a chance to participate in your workshop, Tammy, but also just remind them this is the kind of content they're going to find at covenants-continuing-education-programs.org. So if they want to sign up for this one coming up in April, how do they get a hold of you? Um, well, uh, well, there are two options. One, if they, if all else fails and they miss the information I'm giving them, go to our uh, website page for Covenants Contain Education and contact us. Contact me through that. Just message interested in. Uh, April workshop or something along those lines and that can get back to me but here is a phone number for Hope Harbor that number is 833-428-2888 that comes directly to me 833-428-2888 and then there is also an email address, which is hopeharbor at elkrivernaz.com. Uh, hopeharbor at elkrivernaz.com. Um, no, it is not um, case sensitive. So any of those avenues um, we can do, and I can... Um, we did not talk about this ahead of time, but Dave, I'm thinking um, maybe maybe we could post um, that information on our website. We certainly can if you want to Perfect. do it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you could, yeah. we'll if work, you could, we'll if you can, if you can we'll finagle it. it, that sounds fantastic. We'll work on. It. But we will continue up to the point of uh, April that um, Hope Harbor workshop. We'll continue to uh, offer it. Um, yes. And, and so if folks might have missed any of that information, they can listen to the podcast again, or we're going to continue to make bring awareness, as they yes. say, of that uh, yes. resource or that offering. So I think we're done, at least for today. Yes. At least for this week. So with that, I'd like to invite all our podcast listeners back next week where you're going to catch Tammy Jones and myself <laughs> with... Covenants, continuing education programs. Until then, God bless. See you.